This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. Here on Well, 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 uh, we uh, delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. Coming to you from Joy's Victorian Pride Centre studios on Boinwurrung Country. Uh, I'm Jack from John and joined in the studio by Rachel Cook and now on the phone uh, by Cathy uh, Wilson, who is the training coordinator and educator at Transgender uh, Victoria. Uh, and we'll be speaking a little bit about dementia and how it uh, impacts LGBTIQ populations. Um, Cathy, thank you so much for joining us. How are you going today? I'm going very well, and thank you very much for having me today, Jack. Not at all. A pleasure is all ours. Um, first of all, can you tell us uh, about the Silver Rainbow Program, Cathy? Sure can. Um, so the Silver Rainbow Program is an LGBTI plus um, service or training for aged care services. And it has been running since 2014 and Transgender Victoria has been a part of that program since then. Uh, it's been a wonderful program and it continues to be available for aged care service providers for the training to actually help train up their staff to provide culturally safe um, services for LGBTI plus people. And what do you cover in the training around inclusion you know, to the workers who work in the aged care sector? Mm-hmm. Um, so the training is broadly speaking, it covers language and that includes pronouns as well as giving broad definitions for lesbian, uh, gay, bi and trans and intersex. Um, and then we go further into looking at the lived experiences, particularly of older people um, having lived through such uh, tough times, particularly when things were illegal. And part of that, of course, is also speaking to the trauma uh, that people may have lived through during that time. And then we talk about some ways to actually be more inclusive. How has that potentially changed? Because I, I recall you saying that the program's been running for quite a number of years. And I think it might have been since 2014. Mm. How, how have the demands of um, the industry or the, the, the realities of, of the industry um, and, and also people's understanding of, of navigating um, the needs of LGBTIQ people? Um, how has the program changed over that time? Um, it has evolved over time. We have added in some extra content around, um, the, for example, the dementia, but we also talk about a timeline of where things are at right now compared to where they were, and that can actually prov- help provide some insight for people working directly with or those working in management roles with people who might be LGBTI in their services. Um, but uh, ultimately, this is still a, a program that, we wish had more awareness about um, that it exists. It's um, a slow progress, unfortunately, largely. I think one of the things that is changing, though, is that there are more and more people who are aware of the needs of LGBTI plus people 
and that that extends to such vulnerable times as moving into aged care um, and possibly developing dementia. One of the things to add in about how the program has changed is that in the last round of 2020 to 2022, there have been two extra components that we've started um, delivering as part of the Silver Rainbow Program. There, there is um, something called the Communities of Practice where people who are working within aged care services and maybe a champion for LGBTI plus improvement in their service to, um, to come together and have conversations and support one another to share how they've been getting on and maybe some of the stuff that may have worked for them. Um, we are also at the moment looking at doing some special interest um, groups for people to be able to come along and attend. I will be putting out an announcement on our mailing list. People can subscribe to our mailing list off the training page, which is tgv.org.au slash training, so that they can hear about that. Um, and the other component is uh, a, a very new piece of work that we've been doing these last two years, which is helping people develop capacity to increase their capacity to be inclusive so there's the training but there are a number of other actions that people can engage in such as um, having help to develop an inclusive form or perhaps a tip sheet for new uh, re new workers when they are first employed discussing maybe a recruitment policy so there's quite a lot of uh, options available and i've only just mentioned a couple there with the capacity building program so on that note, I suppose, uh, what are some of the, the unique challenges that older LGBTIQ people face um, in aged care? Well, the, the very big one, firstly, is to actually, are they able to be out and be who they are in that service? Do they actually feel safe to be out? Um, and then are their needs actually going to be recognised as um, being a bit different? Oftentimes, well, um, you might hear people saying, oh, well, I treat everyone the same. Um, and yet that's not necessarily going to get you to a point where someone's needs are being met. It might be, for example, that someone has is a trans woman. Their family may actually say, well, for you to be able to continue seeing the grandchildren, then you must um, live as a man during that time you're in this service. Um, so that's just one example of the difficulties that people might face. Um, aged care services are starting to get better in understanding that they are there to support the individual in their service rather than listening to the family. But that was an example that we had um, from quite a few years ago now where uh, an aged care service didn't know what to do. Just one of the side of things is that we're um, always coaching people to ensure that the public spaces are safe spaces so that if anyone is going to express something that's homophobic or biphobic or transphobic and so on, that we try and ask um, workers to directly model that this is not okay in a public space to be saying that stuff. You can obviously can't stop a resident from saying something um, in their own private space and you can't tell them how to think, but it's about trying to be respectful of the you know, people in the open spaces. On that, you know, you said before that, you know, while there are, there are shifts happening but it's moving slowly, what do you see is, you know, why is it moving slowly? Mm. What are the barriers? Oh, um, I think there are a number of barriers. Uh, the, I would say that, firstly, the aged care sector is an incredibly pressured environment um, for service providers in terms of time, for the workers that they employ, 
Um, so there's a lot of requirements they have to actually um, get training to have, have quality improvements and to be assessed. Uh, and I think the other thing that slows it down is that there needs to be um, perhaps a bigger commitment uh, from agencies to actually say, oh, actually, this is important. We have different aspects of diversity that we need to be paying attention to. Um, at the federal level, we actually have diversity action plans for aged care services for um, people who are LGBTI, for those who are First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, and also then people from... Um, cultural and diverse backgrounds and these are things that are sometimes seen as add-ons and that's something that we would love to be able to have more people and agencies recognised as being not add-ons but an important part of making sure their residents are safe. Um, I, I guess, uh, Cathy, as, as well, I guess on, on that note, what is the National LGBTIQ Aged, Care, Aged and Aging Care um, strategy and how did it come about? Um, so the ageing and aged care strategy came about in 2012 uh, and that came off the back of some research that showed that people entering aged care, if they were going to actually go into aged care, that they felt that they couldn't be who they are, that they had to hide that part of themselves and that could even mean not actually being um, feeling like it's safe enough for people from their communities, perhaps their partners, to come visit them in whilst in care. So that became very isolating for them. The other side of it is that, um, sadly, the, uh, a lot of aged care respondents in this particular research and inquiry said that they would rather die than go into aged care, which um, I, I think is really quite indicative of how unsafe people might feel about the, um, going into aged care. And I know that you touched on some of those reasons uh, before, but can we just go into a little bit more depth? So is it is it the fear of discrimination they they may face, or what what are some of the other issues? Well, certainly the fear is one of the biggest ones. Uh, if you were to go to any aged care website, will you actually see, for example, that there are um, people who might be like them? Will you see that there's a rainbow flag on the website? Those sorts of things, the very first point of contact someone might have with a service shows them um, whether they might be safe in the first place. So the, the, the fear is definitely a very big one of um, that and I think ultimately that's probably the biggest one. The, the fear can also come from the treatment that they may have received from previously from healthcare providers, from other service providers, uh, so that there's that history of trauma which can then uh, then cause distress when they are thinking about going into an aged care service. So it's an ongoing rain, um, experience across lifespan of discrimination and phobic attitudes. Right. Um, let's focus on, on dementia in particular now. Um, what do we know about um, LGBTIQ mm. and dementia? Uh, and I guess what are some of the challenges that LGBTIQ people face um, in this area? Um, so I, I, probably the first thing is to actually, again, come back to the, the person's experiences. Have they actually had lived uh, experiences of trauma because of being treated poorly um, due to their statuses of being LGBTI um, and then 
the distress that can come from that and those who are around them and love them i mean it, in some ways it's kind of similar with regards to all people who go through d dementia and those around them um it can be quite distressing because there will be sometimes some regression and then come back to current day time and the person who's experiencing that will probably feel quite upset and, and lost. Um, and those around them, well, it depends on whether they were around when the, at the time the person regresses to as to whether they feel um, recognised and, and heard. Um, and there, then, for example, there may be times where someone actually starts to out themselves accidentally. That's another thing with the dementia is disinhibition can occur. Kathy, I was reading that uh, some people, LGBTQ people living with dementia in aged care may experience changes in behaviour known as behaviours and psychological symptoms of dementia, BPSD, as a result of past trauma or experience of discrimination. Can you take us through what that means and how that might manifest? Um. So the changes in behaviour can be quite marked. Um, I will actually just say that I'm not a specialist in dementia, though, um, and so I have been read through the dementia resource and have had a little bit more background re um, research and understanding. So I, I guess the thing to keep in mind is that the changes in behaviour, though, could be things like... Um, uh, like forgetting maybe that they were out or forgetting that they have not actually been out to a family member, for example, and there's, there can be sometimes a bit of um, fallout around that and aged care services then need to consider how they might work together with the family and, and with the person who's the resident to try and manage that process um, in terms of being out and understanding that. Right. Um, I, I guess, Cathy, as well, as someone who, who works at Transgender Victoria, can you take us through um, what some of the specific issues might be uh, for trans and, and transgender diverse people who are dealing with dementia? Mm -hmm. mm. Well, um, I guess one of the biggest issues to keep in mind is that unfortunately people who are trans or gender diverse do tend to have a lot worse um experiences and more commonly um, experiences with um, stuff that can draw them to trauma and that can be things like um, being told that they aren't welcome in a space, they aren't able to use the toilets that match their sense of gender identity um, and being told that they aren't welcome to go into change rooms and then there's also the matter of not being supported by their family members. Those sorts of things can then contribute to difficulties later on when it comes to recalling that trauma experience when going through dementia. And um, that can make it very difficult, even if they're not actually connected to family members anymore. There may be times when they they go back to those times of when there was a lot of distress going on. Um, so kind of similar in some ways, but also very much related to the experiences of trauma that people who are trans experience. And do you find that in the training that staff in aged care facilities are actually generally welcoming of, of the training they're receiving and, and, and have, a, have a, an understanding that 
you know, what they need to do, especially when dealing with people who come from trans and gender diverse backgrounds? Um, yes, well, largely people who attend, uh, it's not compulsory for them to attend, but they are really keen to work out, to learn how to be more supportive uh, and and oftentimes there's some very good conversations around how that might occur. And um, that the people who attend the training are a range of different levels of the organisation. So you have uh, direct care workers uh, and then all the way up to team leaders, management and um, sometimes even the executive director or CEO of an organisation. So they're all looking at how they can develop the, um, more inclusive practices across the organisation and that's always very heartening to see. We do occasionally have someone who can be a bit challenging around material despite the fact that we actually say that the training is there to um, help them provide a more inclusive service in their work with the work they do. Sometimes people will get caught, a bit caught up in their own personal beliefs and their opinions um, and can get a bit upset with that. But most of the time, people are very open to learning about what to do. Um, I believe there's also a relevant uh, new LGBTQIA plus Health Australia resource. Can you tell us a little bit about that and um, how that came about? We have a new resource for um, aged care service providers and that is available to uh, to anyone, so people who work direct care can read it. It's actually a fairly quick read, and it's called LGBTI and Dementia. Uh, it's a guide for people to read through and just um, get a sense of what it might be like for people who are LGBTI and the issues that can come up um, for people if they've started to develop dementia. Um, one of the things to, uh, uh, that I think is worthwhile mentioning is that um, there are special types of dementia that someone who might be LGBTI could develop. And I say that might be because HIV AIDS is one of the causes that can um, lead to dementia. And that um, is something uh, that is... I suppose seems related to being LGBTI because of the higher incidence of HIV in older gay people, um, or gay men in particular, or bi men for that matter. Um, so one of the things to keep in mind there is that there is actually um, apparently, again I'm not an expert in dementia, but I'm told that there is actually treatment that can slow dementia down if it's caught down quickly enough of over um, and causes HIV AIDS. How important is a resource like this and also who are you hoping you know uses it? Mm. Well I think it's probably appropriate um, for pretty much anyone who works in the aged care sector and is a good starting point. Uh, I feel that the content that is in there is quite commensurate and reflective of the training that we provide. So there's some good basic inf information in there, including um, some, a couple of case studies with people who are going through dementia. Um, so there's a case study for someone who's a trans woman. There's a case study for someone who is a gay man. And then there is a case study for someone who um, is intersex. And those sort of just put a, a personal story around what's discussed in the um, booklet itself. 
Then there's um, a glossary of terms that people might need to go and have a look at. That's at the very back and people can actually uh, look at something and say, oh, I don't know what that word means and then they can go and look it up. Uh, so it co And it covers, broadly speaking, some of the issues that people who are LGBTI may have faced when they were younger and how they might be coming into a service with some of that experience and um, has some tips, particularly in the case studies, about how you might work together with someone and their loved ones if someone's going through dementia. Um, the resource was actually also put together not just by um, the LGBTIQ plus health Australia, but also Dementia Services Australia as well. So it was a group project, um, bring, each bringing their own experience and, and expertise to putting together this resource. Mm. And, and I, I suppose to, to wrap up, if people are curious about um, or to find out more information um, around potentially if they work in aged care um, or, or if they're, they're kind of curious mm. to find out more about um, supporting LGBTIQ communities, uh, people in aged care, um, both on some of the stuff mm. that TGV is doing, but also that resource, uh, where can they find those? So the resource is actually listed on the Dementia Services Australia website and then they'll find the resource. So you can type in LGBTI and dementia um, resource and you probably get to the website that way. Um, if they want to find out about the Silver Rainbow Program, we are in the process of actually getting something up on our website. But in the interim, people can actually visit um, the LGBTI Q plus Health Australia's website um, or just type in Silver Rainbow or uh, aged care, inclusive aged care services and they'll be able to find um, the information on the um, LHA's website. Fantastic. Kathy Wilson, uh, Training Coordinator and Educator at Transgender Victoria, thank you so much for joining us this week on Well, Well, Well. Thank you very much for having me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being, presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.